Welcome to episode number seven of It Takes Two to Tango, Conversations That Move Us. I am Martina. And I'm Nat. And together we are two life coaches on a mission to make the world a better dance floor. In this series, we invite you to a metaphorical dance. It's a conversation about how to partner with life in a more meaningful way. We will translate some of the concepts that we have learned from Argentine tango and ballroom dancing, and we'll translate them off the dance floor so that you can too experience the kind of bliss that we experience in partner dancing, and you get to experience that in your life and in your leadership. So Martina, shall we dance? I would be delighted. Thank you. So our topic today is dancing in rhythm through life's uncertainties. And we're gonna focus on um, this in terms of uh, leadership with ourselves, um, others and uh, life. Um, I thought that this topic was really important right now because there's so much uncertainty. Uh, you know, there's there's COVID and the the increase of um, infection rate that we're facing and the possible um, you know lockdown again. Um, we just had the election, which. Um, you know, has brought still some uncertainty for a lot of people for, for um, both sides of the party, parties. Um, you know, some people got what they wanted, some people didn't get what they wanted. Um, and so that's a lot of uncertainty there. And we have entered into the fall season where at least um, here in New England, we've already had uh, spring weather. Uh, we've had winter weather um, and uh, a little bit of fall weather as well. Yeah, it's it's pretty similar here. And then there's the uncertainties, I think, that always come through the holiday season, right? There's, the holiday season is also a time that a lot of people grieve, the people that are no longer with us. Uh, some people may not be able to travel to Thanksgiving or Christmas or other holiday festivities. We don't know what's happening with 2021, right? So, so there's a lot of things to, that are swirling around in our thoughts and our feelings. And um, how do you deal with that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, how do we deal with that? And you know, the, the question that we really want to try to answer today is how do we live with uncertainty versus living against uncertainty? Yeah. Yeah, and the thing that comes to my mind is just last week, you know, I was in a dance um, class up in Rockville, Maryland, <clears throat> where we dance by ourselves in little squares safely distanced with a mask. It's all technique drills. But it was a day that was, you know, on, on Monday it was warm. So the floors started heating up and started getting sticky. And it's really hard to pivot on sticky dance floors. And the next day you might, con in, you know, have a cool day where the heater is on, it dries everything out and the floor gets really slick. 
So you need to adjust or you <laughs> slide right down on your butt, especially in heels. And that made me think also <clears throat> on how do we handle sticky or slick situations and conversations in our personal partnerships? How do we pivot in business? I mean, that's a term that I've been hearing in pretty much every meeting, every Zoom meeting that I go into. We are needing to pivot and to adjust to some change outside of us. So this is a really translatable concept where I think what we've learned from dance fits in many different ways. Yeah, true. Uh, when I'm when I'm thinking about on the dance floor and how you might have the intention to go a certain way, and then another couple arrives in that space, and then you have to quickly uh, pivot yourself um, or to find another direction or change what you're planning to do, um, and then you just continue to move on it can be conditioned in us sometimes to maybe not so much on the dance floor, but that metaphor in life to blame life for filling up that space and, you know, life happening in the way that we didn't prefer and just kind of blame the situation for that predicament and it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't often lead to a good result for anyone. Yeah, that occurs to you then like life is happening to you, right? And there's no power in that. Because if other people are happening to me or COVID or the election, then they hold the key to my happiness and to my solutions. So that's a heavy, sticky place that like on my dance floor experience, it literally stops you cold, right? Because when I get stuck on a sticky pivot, <laughs> you can move me into the next step. And I think the same is true when I get stuck in my own thinking about the uncertainties around me, then the same thing happens. I get stuck in the stickiness of it. Yeah, and, and so what occurs for me is the importance of like us needing to be flexible to be able to change with the changing circumstances um, rather than being so rigid of like this is the way that i'm going to be and because um, i think that rigidity can lead to a lot of suffering, right? I mean, again, your example of on the dance floor where some days the floor might be slippery, other days might be sticky. Uh, if you pivot in the same way as on a sticky, as, um, on a slippery floor versus a sticky floor, you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah. Right? If you're rigid, you break your ankle. So it's really good to be flexible, be able to bend and, and navigate that. Yeah. So I think that um, I think that some of the ways that we can do this um, is to have or so much is coming to me right now. Um, one thing is 
to detach from outcomes, uh, to be not so um, attached to how things are supposed to happen, right? Um, when we're so attached to how things are supposed to happen, uh, more often than not, you're going to be disappointed. And then, uh, as you were saying earlier, Martina, life happening to me, it leads to powerlessness um, and hopelessness. Uh, so um, the more that we can be in the flow with how what is life presenting us, uh, the easier it will be to navigate and the more um, centered and at peace you could be, right? I guess that's the second piece here is like, you get to choose your, you get to choose how you respond. You, you get to choose your inner state of being, right? It's, it doesn't have to be dependent or reliant on what's happening. So, you know, if, you were wishing for a, uh, like a couple weeks ago, we had snowfall. It was forecasted two inches. So I didn't really do anything with the outdoors. And then we had like six inches and all the plants died. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, well, okay. You know, I didn't really prefer that, but I had to live with it. And I just let it go. Uh, or another response, which I didn't choose, was I could have just bitched about the <laughs> snow and how terrible it was and how all my plants had died and how could this happen? And that leads to inner suffering. And there's no resolution to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, the stimulus, the snow in itself is neutral, right? It's not good or nor bad. It's the thoughts about the snow that make it a good or a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Your thoughts were, this is a bad thing because my plants died. I may have been next door thinking, oh, this is a good thing because it looks pretty and we're going to have a good ski season. Mm -hmm. And so it's then your thoughts that then create a feelings and, and sensations in your body and the feelings and sensations then inform our actions or non-action that we take. And that then creates the results in our lives on, you know, do I stay stuck in the corner of the dance floor or do I get some baby powder at the bottom of my shoes and move into the next um, step? You know, do I see if I can save the, the, uh, the rest of the plants or make a list for next spring to replant? And I think one thing that really helps too in that is, and, and why this also is important is because when we don't know what our conditioned responses are or, or our conditioned reaction, then we're at the mercy of that as well. So now we're not just victimized by the circumstances, but also by our own consciousness or lack of consciousness. When we default to things like, you know, playing ostrich and putting our head in the sand, denying that this thing is happening that we don't like, uh, if we're avoiding it and fear confrontation, or if we try to aggressively assert ourselves 
or control the situation, right? There are so many ways to to work against it that actually dig us deeper into the stuckness of the situation and our own victimization. And so the idea I think that we're proposing is that there is a different way, that we don't need to be stuck even on a sticky floor or in a sticky economy, election result, um, marriage situation, whatever the conflict or stickiness might be, there is a way to actually dance with it. And it might feel paradox or counterintuitive, but ultimately it's more alive mm-hmm. than being subjected to the circumstances and conditions. Yeah, if we embrace the circumstances, uh, then there's more aliveness there versus when we're trying to avoid or deny the situation. Yeah, we have a saying in, in, in our community, you know, what you resist persists. And it does sound counterintuitive that I would let go my resistance and actually lean in to what's happening but that's where I actually find the pivot and you know again the dance analogy is when I go into a 360 pivot on the balls of my feet because I'm wearing heels the intuitive or the conditioned sense of my body is I want to go up because I'm going to fall right Mm -hmm. but what you really have to do is lean and sink into the pivot relax your knees and then all of a sudden you go around 360 degrees with ease and there's so much to be said about that on how that works in life when i just pause for a moment in the midst of my thoughts and notice my thoughts notice my habitual ways of reacting that is one that wants to kick in then i find new choices on how i can actually respond how i can engage how I can engage a conversation or a situation completely differently. Yeah, and I think along with that, uh, being open to possibilities. Uh, sometimes our minds can be very narrowly focused. You know, expect you know, I, compared to um, when I'm thinking about dancing with my wife. Let's say we're practicing tango, and and um, something's happening like she is pushing on me and uh and at first your my mind might go to oh she's pushing on me this is her thing this is like her fault right um but and if i stay in that closed mindset then we don't necessarily improve our dancing nor our communication but if I can be open to her feedback and see like, okay, let's try this again. And maybe I'm not leading it properly, which is almost hundred percent of the case. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, you know, what I'm doing is causing her to lose her balance, which then um, causes her to push on me because she's trying to regain her balance. Right. And so there's this, um, in a way, what life presents to us is um, feedback so that we can choose to respond differently or to, you know, change how we 
um, approach life so that we're more in harmony, right? If I resist my wife, no good, <laughs> right? If I avoid her, no good, right? Um, and so it's interesting that like, oh, I, maybe I led that step more from my arms or um, maybe I rushed it. Uh, maybe if I slow down more, as you said earlier, Martina, or um, actually like lead it from my body, from my core, then she gets the message and then we move better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that brings us to how, you know, what are the tools that we have available to, to dance with uncertainty rather than against it? And I think one thing that, that I hear you say is, you know, that, and we talked about this earlier, that there are a couple different levels, right? It's the first question is, how am I centered in myself? How do I regain my own access? So maybe it wasn't you pushing her or she pushing you. Maybe one of you was out, you know, falling out of their own access or center. And I think a lot of conflict and a lot of uncertainty in relationships or teams or businesses arises from that. When I lose my own center, my own self and get wrapped around my own thoughts about a situation that may or may not actually be accurate in my mind. Yeah, so oh. true. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so easy to get into our minds and think that someone else is the problem. Yeah. And then that, and then a story gets created and you add to it. And then suddenly there's a big blow up and no one else is aware what of going on of, you know, any problem. It's just all happened in, in your, your mind, right? You yeah. lost your center. And so perhaps this is an invitation um, to consider um, in your own life, where have you lost your center, your, your access? Where are you um, spinning a story about a situation that's causing you to lose your center and kind of fall into stress? Yeah, and a good question to ask along that is, you know, it, I, is, a, is a, a couple things. The first one is, you know, what am I feeling? Right? What, are, what is my emotional response? What are my thoughts about it? And what, what am I making this mean? What are my assumptions that I'm making about myself in the situation? About others? And what do I know is actually true? And I think most of us tend to overestimate the challenges and the conflict and the bad, <laughs> right? And we tend to underestimate the good or the resources that we have available in a relationship or in the team. And that's biological, right? For our survival, it's much more important that we recognize a danger quicker than to see, oh, cherries. <laughs> Sweetness, how nice, right? And we overlook the saber-toothed tiger. And even in the absence of saber-toothed tigers in our life, you know, it's important we recognize when something might threaten us, a virus, an undesired election result, 
the potential of a business closure. That's literally threatening, you know, my existence if I'm a business owner. So of course I'm going to look more closely there. And yet at the same time, can I also take into consideration what's already good here? <laughs> what are my resources? Because I bet every single one of us usually has a lot more resources, inner resources and outer resources, than we can think in a moment of stress. Yeah. Uh, one of my commitments for through the end of 2020 and then into 2021 uh, is to expect more magic. Mm, I like and, that. And um, I think this is can be important uh, in how to respond to uncertainty is that so often our minds will go to how um, how things have happened before and we expect it going forward or our minds just again start spitting stories about how bad things are going to be and then your body responds with stress um and, th and then there's a third which is a combination of that which is it does come from like early childhood trauma of like you know this is a way that i learned to survive and feel safe and so when that gets triggered now because of uncertainty your tendency might be to fall back on that behavior right and we talked about avoidance or denial. I mean, these are also um, learned responses to dealing with stresses that we had as kids. Um, and so the reason I bring in to expect more magic is that there are other possibilities, right? Um, even in the last couple of days for myself, uh, I have a project that I'm working on that I, I'd like to complete before Sunday. And um, in my mind, I made up that, oh my God, this is going to take so long and I'm going to be so stressed and it's just, I'm just going to devote every hour I have to this. And I could already feel the stress. And then, and then what happens when I feel that stress is that I want to procrastinate because I don't want to deal with what I'm feeling. So I took and I followed your kind of um, framework there, Martina, of like, okay, you know, what am I feeling? And um, I didn't follow exactly, but I did ask myself, you know, what am I feeling? And what thought is contributing to this feeling? And then I asked the question, well, what else is possible here? Mm. You know, or how good can this be? Yeah. And what if it doesn't take as much time as I think it, you know, what if it, what if I get it done in less time than I ever thought possible? And these types of questions start to like, I feel more open when I ask these types of questions, which allows me to better focus on what is important for me to do. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And when the panic really gets big, what I tend to do is I put on my calendar that three days from now, I make an appointment with that panic. Mm. And in the meantime, until that time, I'm going to make a list of everything that I can think of that, put, that could be a potential good that comes out of this. 
And, uh, you know, along the same lines, like you said, what else might be possible? So what good could come out of this particular situation? And it's amazing and almost magical what comes out, because I think your focus on magic also makes it easier to not get so attached to the results mm -hmm. and to being in control on how these results will occur. Because when you allow for magic and mystery in your life, then you might listen differently in the next conversation and you might get a piece of information that is all of a sudden vital. And you can't make these things happen because we don't know everything, right? right. But we can make them welcome. And ma I love magic. I love magic. Yeah. Yeah, and the other part I think that's that's important to consider when it comes to the how is that that we really can only run one program at one time. It's either fear or love. And so if in doubt to choose love is so much better and even when it sounds impossible, you're like what what could I love about that? So I might not love that the snow killed my plants, right? But I can think about, okay, so what do I see here? Okay, the snow killed my plants. What would I love to learn from that? Or what would I love to occur next? So. Yeah, actually in, in reference to the flowers, um, what I love is that amongst the, the dead stalks, there are some flowers that are, that had somehow survived or grown since that are, you know, radiating their beauty amongst the dead stalks. So it's, it's, you know, I have found something I love uh, beyond the dead plants. Um, I wanted to share one more thing uh, in terms of the how to respond to uncertainty. And that is uh, when panic sets in, sometimes you can call a friend and, you know, this is, not something that we have to deal with ourselves. And if we've seen anything over the years, whenever there's some sort of uncertainty or tragedy, uh, people come together. So, um, you know, please reach out to friends that um, can support you in times of stress that you're not you know, can't handle on your own. And even if you can handle on your own, call up a friend that there's just always goodness that can come out of a conversation with a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. Two minds are usually better than one and much more, you know, what else is possible, much more becomes possible when two minds actually come together, especially in uncertainty. Yeah, beautiful. So in, in closing, uh, I'd like to share this quote that you, Martina, uh, talked about earlier about, you know, love. How do we love what, it, what we're experiencing here? So this is a quote from Osho. He says, don't move the way fear makes you move. Move the way love makes you move. Move the way joy makes you move. Ah, I love that. Yeah, it's uh, just thinking about that of like, what is it? What does it feel like? What does it look like when I'm moving the way love makes me move? Right? Mm. Versus moving the way fear makes me move or versions of fear, you know, moving the way that stress 
makes me move, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think about like, I think about my son, <laughs> he would leave the house always in a rush and uh, kind of always late. And then he would come back cause he would forget something. <laughs> And it, like he made a joke about it. He wrote in a card to me once. He said, you know, one of these days, maybe I'll actually leave the house on the first try. Um, but I laugh at that because it's like, you know, when you're, that's the way that stress can make you move, right? Where you're, you're not completely present and conscious and you're just kind of moving to, um, I don't know whether you're trying to alleviate the stress by doing something else or another. Um, just feel into that versus like when you are in a space of love, how does that make you move? How does that make you communicate with your family, with your loved ones? How does it make you communicate with yourself mm -hmm. when you're moving from love? Or with your dance partner, coming back to that example that you shared earlier, you know, when your wife feels a push from you and then resists that and you're pushing against each other. When you move from fear, you get into your head and now you're wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, out of the tango comes a martial arts move <laughs> where you use, like my dance teacher would say, a defense move that looks either like this or you pull the arm back, you know, in, in fear. And when you just relax into that moment of love, then, you know, the embrace can be established as a pause and exhale. And then the next step emerges. And, you know, sometimes that happens in life as well in the midst of uncertainty, you know, when you just become calm and centered and you notice the fears and you don't move with that. And you pause a little longer until you feel that love again. And then the next step emerges. And it's just beautiful when that happens. Yeah. Well, Martina, this has been great. Yes. It's been a, a long time since we connected. Um, but I'm glad that we did. Um, so for those that are listening or watching, we'd love to hear what you're insights were from today's episode what ahas are you taking away uh, please share them in the facebook group and um please share this episode or other episodes with your friends uh the more friends the merrier yes this way we all get to dance with uncertainty rather than against it so thank you for sharing this dance with us and remember it takes two to tangle to create conversations that move us from love and not from fear, as we learned today. So until next time, this is Martina. And I'm Nat, and we are two life coaches on a mission to make the world a better dance floor. <laughs>